am not crazy. I know he swapped those numbers. I knew it was 1216. One after Magna Carta. As if I could ever make such a mistake. Never. Never. I just, I just couldn't prove it. He covered his tracks. He got that idiot at the copy shop to lie for him. You think this is something? You think this is bad? This? This chicanery? He's done worse. That billboard. Are you telling me that a man just happens to fall like that? No. He orchestrated it. Jimmy. He defecated through a sunroof. And I saved him. And I shouldn't have. I took him into my own firm. What was I thinking? He'll never change. He'll never change. Ever since he was nine, always the same. Couldn't keep his hands out of the cash drawer, but not our Jimmy. Couldn't be precious Jimmy. Stealing them blind. And he gets to be a lawyer? What a sick joke. I should have... Figured out whether or not Lost is a good TV show. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. A podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. That was a wonderful monologue from Chuck McGill on Better Call Saul. Nolan, that was great. Program. Thank you. Yeah, I really, you know, I, I for a few days now I've been practicing it in the mirror, just hoping mm-hmm. that I could do some justice to uh, to his, uh, his uh, incredible monologue. Uh, Better Call Saul, I picked because it is, of course, a television program about a con man. So what better quote to start this episode with? This is episode 13 of season 2, The Long Con. Emma, let's just jump right in. First impressions on this episode, and I'm actually going to interrupt you before you even get to start, because I want to say I absolutely love this episode. Is this a 10 this, out of 10 for you? It is. This is my favorite episode of Lost, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this one. Mm-hmm. I think this is so good. I think this is firing on all cylinders. Every every bit of it works. Um, and it's uh, entertaining to watch. What, uh, what about you? What'd you think? I, I really like it. I think it's like a good... Well, first of all, it's like a really good character episode. I always love a good Sawyer episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the different dynamics that you're seeing in the group. And I kind of wish it would have gotten to this heightened Lord of the Flies moment a little bit sooner, honestly, on the yes. show. Yeah, it seems like they kind of wanted to give Sawyer back some edge mm-hmm. on this one. Um, because he had been kind of turned into the... Uh, the tough guy with a heart of gold, and they kind of wanted to be like, well, no, not necessarily gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I agree. I, I it's it is kind of weird that it took this long. This is like what the fortieth episode, something like that, thirty ninth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did have me like kind of trying to figure it out the entire time. Like I knew that there was going to be a twist. I didn't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, well, that's what's great about it, right? Is it's like. The you see you have the flashback which is about the long con, and as it, I mean it just works perfectly because as the episode goes on, you realize the con that's happening in the flashback up until the very end. You think that Anna Lucia is conning Sawyer, and that's what the long con is about. And then eventually you realize that Sawyer was conning Kate, mm-hmm. and also the audience really in terms of. Uh, I don't. It doesn't really let us into Sawyer's plans up until he. I mean, it's a surprise to the viewer when he walks out with those guns. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think this just works like great. Like obviously, if you're doing a, something about a con man, you want to have some kind of Ocean's Eleven type flashback, right? Of like him putting together a crew to rob a bank or something like that. But this is pretty fantastic in terms of uh, a Sawyer backstory episode. Yeah. Really good. And we get to see Josh Holloway walk around with his shirt off a few times. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump in. This episode aired February 8th, 2006. That would have been my 15th birthday. Um, Do you think you watched last? I, it was on a Wednesday, so I think probably, right? Mm-hmm. I think at 15, I probably was not doing anything for my birthday on a Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I was probably sitting at home with like a party hat on and one of those, uh, you know, birthday streamer things in my mouth, just blowing it mm-hmm. every time I got surprised or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this one was directed by Roxanne Dawson, um, who was a, uh, a Star Trek Voyager cast member. Uh, and she kind of went from acting to directing after, sh- after that show ended. 
Um, and this is her only episode that she directs on the show. Uh, and this is she's also the second uh, female director that we've had on the show. Um, and the first one was, of course, in the worst not so dream great sequence. Yeah, the yeah. dream sequence with Claire that ended up getting her fired. So this one was went quite a bit better, I think. And I'm kind of surprised that she never came back to direct again. But, mm-hmm. um, and then it was written by Stephen Maeda and Leonard Dick, who we have both seen before. Episode starts off with Locke and Jack. Uh, they are storing the marshal's guns um, in the gun closet. Jack is kind of consolidating the guns that he's had with uh, uh, with Locke's guns. Um, Locke shows Jack the Virgin Mary statue, saying that they might have therapeutic value if it ever comes to that. And so, does he mean like euthanizing somebody, or does he mean or maybe just, pain killers? Yeah, maybe it's like a painkiller. Okay. I mean, he's not wrong. Like it would, yeah. I think, it, in terms of painkillers available to you on the island, the the previous one they had was putting a, uh, a wooden stick in yeah. Boone's mouth so he could bite down on it. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought I it was Boone just weirded. Really love some of that heroin. I thought it was worded weirded. Only yeah, not. I thought it was worded mm-hmm. weird on his part. Yeah, I would say it was definitely a weirded word. <laughs> uh, so uh, it seems tense between them and Jack has to ask him for the combination and Locke does this whole big speech of well I'm just assuming you're uh, asking because you want to you know in case something happens to me Uh, but he does end up handing over the combination but they agree that they need to consult each other if they ever want to open it up I didn't think it was going to happen in the span of this episode when that exchange first happened I knew that yeah. they weren't going to honor that, but I wasn't expecting yeah, for it to sure. be the same day. Neither of them. I know they, <laughs> they were both planning for like four hours later. Uh, yeah, neither of them had any intention to um, uh, fulfill that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Sawyer comes out of swimming in the ocean, and he uh, he mocks Charlie as Charlie's setting up his tent. Uh, Charlie does not take the bait at all. Um which Sawyer says some pretty hurtful things. So mm-hmm. I did you? I don't know if you saw this on the wiki and probably on IMDb as well. Um, under the goof section, uh, so when Sawyer gets out of the ocean, he's wearing nothing but boxers and he begins to put on his jeans. But if he was swimming, he should have already been wearing yeah. a pair of <laughs> jeans. That's so true. So That's a clearly, suit. someone in production. Yeah, his, his signature swimsuit is <laughs> Levi's, uh, you know. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so I don't know who messed that up, but that's a pretty big screw-up in terms of continuity. Um, and that's what we're here to catch. Uh, Charlie, uh, as Sawyer is laying into him, uh, tells him that Jack is ransacking his tent. Um, Jack is pulling it apart, looking for medicine that Sawyer had taken back after his stash was raided uh, when he went on the raft. Um, Sawyer warns him uh, not to take it, but Jack doesn't pay him any mind and uh, takes it back. Uh, Our first flashback opens up to Sawyer in bed with a woman who we will later learn is Cassidy. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's played by Kim Dickens, which I didn't recognize her at first, but she's been in a lot of really great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. She's in Thank You for Smoking, Gone Girl, um, House of Cards, Deadwood. Uh, did you recognize her? I recognized her from Deadwood, okay. for sure. She's she's really fantastic on that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great actress. They're having pillow talk and making out when Sawyer looks at the clock and says, Oh no, I'm late for this meeting, blah, 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 blah. To no surprise, yeah. he's playing the same con. I like how this one is already... Um, worse than the first one. Yeah. <laughs> because in the first one, uh, the woman that he was with noticed the time and told him he had to leave. Mm-hmm. But in this one, she's not looking at the clock, so he kind of has to do it himself. He's played uh, this so it's con already too more many times. Like, he's yeah. just going through the <laughs> yeah. motions at this point. Mm-hmm. As he's leaving, the suitcase breaks open and the cash falls out. This time around, we refreshingly have a woman who is comfortable calling Sawyer out on the con. And mm-hmm. she points out, I think almost verbatim to our issues with the con the first time around, that he just yeah. happens to have a briefcase full of money. Okay. Um, just happens to drop it in front of her. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. And it's also not real money. It's just newspaper with like a $20. Yeah, that's great. Box. I love that he's, he's like broke and still yeah. trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Pretty bold. Um, mm-hmm. She calls him out on it, sees through the heist immediately. Uh, Sawyer opens, Sawyer owns up to it. And he even says no harm, no foul, which I would argue that the situation is pretty foul. Yeah, there's maybe call for at least one foul here. Yeah. Um, maybe the uh, uh, I slept with you under false pretenses foul. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one that is. Uh, um, but yeah, she <laughs> she's I, she's fine with it. She doesn't seem like she takes she's offended by it at all. No, not at all. Um, she even tells him that he should have done his homework um, because he. She didn't take anything from her ex-husband in the divorce. Uh, and she says that she's not even worth the trouble and throws the money, the fake money, back in his face. Um, mm-hmm. She does immediately take a left turn, though, in the conversation and ask him to show her how he cons others and starts kind of canoodling up to him again. And, you know, not sure if that's the approach I would take, yeah. you know, after something like that happened well- to me, but... Um, right. Well, I mean, like, I, it, it could have used one more flashback, I think. Like, that's kind of one of those things where you're like, obviously, this has to fit within the one-hour framework of a network TV show, so mm-hmm. it has to get to that 42-minute mark. But this is one of those things where it's like, that's the nice thing about, like, the Netflix shows. Or, like, um, I've been watching that Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and there are some episodes of that show that are, like, 37 minutes, and there's some episodes that are, like, an hour. Yeah. Because they just tell the story that they want to tell. And that's definitely one where I'm like, yeah, this could have used, instead of her, like, still being, like, in the bed, uh, being like, all right, well, he just tried to trick me immediately. I want to, like, learn under him. Mm -hmm. She should have, there should have been a scene of him, like, of her, like, uh, interrupting him trying to con someone else, having tracked him down or something like that. for sure. But obviously, you kind of got to consolidate that uh, when you're stretched for time. So I guess that's probably the most cuttable one that they could have taken out. Mm Mm-hmm. Back on the beach, uh, Kate brings Sawyer a new magazine, an issue of the magazine Elegant. Is that a real magazine? I didn't recognize it, but I wouldn't be surprised. He asks her to read it to him since uh, he lost his glasses on the raft. Um, This, uh, I think part of what I like about this episode is the way they... Sawyer and Kate as a duo in this episode feel real. And so when you get to the end, like having watched it already and remembering the twist that he like is basically playing Kate the entire time uh, makes it a lot sadder. Yeah. (laughs) Like all of these are like good moments of good chemistry between them. And even leading up to it too, like he was being taken care of by her. They were doing those weird physical therapy stretches together i mean like it's just sad to think that he's kind of throwing that away yeah i uh i mean we've talked about it they definitely have better chemistry than uh matthew fox and evangeline lily at Mm -hmm. least right now so um as she's about to get started Locke walks by and says hey and sawyer basically says that he thinks that she's trying to uh or that uh that Locke is trying to sleep with claire kate says no she's just trying to or he's just trying to keep her safe um, and then Sawyer also says to Kate that Jack and Anna Lucia are building an army. Um, that is, of course, not what he actually says. What he says is Jacko and Anna Lulu. Mm-hmm. Maybe two of his worst nicknames, one after another. Is it in reference to something, or was he just... No, I, I honestly think it's just that Sawyer is the nickname guy. So oh, okay. they, instead of coming up with something for him... Um, or for both of them, uh, they just uh, gave him that instead. Do you think if this had taken place, like, I don't know, six years later, he would have called her Anna Lulu Lemon? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a shame. That's what you miss out on, by, but what can you do? Saeed is shucking a coconut. Is That's not the first time we've seen him do that, right? Is, this is it's kind, kind of his, of his like, It's like his island yeah, duty. It's what he wants to do. It's what he does when he wants to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hurley comes by to give Saeed uh, the radio that Bernard found on the other side of the island. And so I will say this. I like this whole plot line. I think this is really great and cute. Um, I have no issues with it. However, it sh- I wish it had been Bernard giving it to yeah. Saeed. 
Um, obviously, they're just not paying Rose and Bernard unless they want them to be in the episode for a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. But this could have used it because that would have been cool <laughs> to see him like talk about how he found it and be excited to give it to Saeed and have Saeed kind of shut him down here. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what he does to Hurley instead. Um, Hurley assumes that Saeed can just, you know, cross the red wire with the blue wire, which admittedly, uh, on the, based on what he's done on the show so far, he should be able to do that. That's yeah, correct. That's <laughs> so, what I picture. Hurley's not wrong. But uh, Saeed says that he can't do it and refuses and kind of just completely shuts Hurley down. Uh, Hurley walks away. But Saeed sees that he left the radio uh, sitting on a log next to him. Um, Anna Lucia uh, meets Jack in the jungle. Uh, she's happy that Jack got the combination from Locke. So clearly Locke, or Jack giving the guns to Locke that he already had was an effort to get the combination to the gun closet. And she says, that's the nice thing about you people. You're not scared enough. But when she asks Jack... Uh, what the combination is, uh, he kind of stares at her, and then she she backs down immediately, I guess, realizing that he's not going to give it to her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she basically just kind of laments that everyone feels too safe over here, uh, and nobody's signing up for the army that they're trying to put together. I would personally feel a lot safer if Anna Lucia didn't have a gun. Yeah, I think that's probably, probably fair. <laughs> She's killed uh, one person on the island, so, well, I guess she killed Goodwin. She's batting 500 right now, <laughs> yeah. um, which I don't know if that's the, I, I mean, that makes her the, uh, probably, she's still got a better average than most cops, but I still don't know if that gives her the, uh, you should have all the guns, mm-hmm. uh, privilege. Sun is in her garden, um, when she hears some rustling. I remember, so this is, as I'm watching this episode, I remember, I've seen, I've watched this episode probably more than most of the other ones. Um, just because I've, I've thrown it on every once in a while. And so I remembered that um, uh, this is when Sun is attacked. And so I started writing in my notes, Sun hears some rustling in the jungle, but for once it's not actually Vincent. Mm. Uh, however, I had not remembered that they do, in fact, do a little horror movie jump scare, and it is Vincent the first time. Um, Vincent comes out of the jungle, uh, and he runs off, and then as it begins raining, a bag is put over her head over her head and she's attacked sawyer and kate are flirting on the beach and then hear her screaming uh they run out into the jungle and find sun passed out and bring her to jack and uh tell him what happened uh he's examining sun while everybody's kind of standing around talking about it anna lucia says that uh the others must be back because they're the ones that would have done this and so Locke. and jack and anna lucia and sawyer and kate kind of have a little powwow on the beach uh, Locke doesn't want to arm everyone up, and Jack agrees to wait for Sun to wake up before uh, they get guns and go out into the jungle looking for people. Locke having the point that, you know, if we just give guns to people, how long until there's an accident? Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. Sawyer and Kate decide to go search for tracks out in the jungle, and uh, Sawyer starts bringing up the, I, I guess, inconsistency of the fact that Sun... <laughs> Sun is uh, a very small woman and just kind of got away on her own, even though her hands were tied. And I I think, so at this point, I mean, I know it's a reveal later in the episode, but maybe we should talk about it. The person who grabbed her was Charlie. Mm -hmm. I do think that Sun could overpower Charlie. Yeah. Um, So I think that Sawyer's correct in saying this is an inconsistency. I think it's honestly pretty incredible that it worked out the way it did. Mm -hmm. Well, he Um, knocked her out. That's so... I know. Icky. Yeah, I can't, he, ugh. Villain. Yeah. Charlie is in his villain era, for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they. to be fair, they're on Concussion Island, so yeah. <laughs> there doesn't seem like too many people suffer ill effects from that, but yes. Um, <laughs> they find the hood that uh, Sun had put over her head, and this is, I think, the weakest part of the story, in my opinion, which is that Sawyer, <laughs> Sawyer says... Uh, no, this is the wrong color and weave compared to the one that you had over your head uh, when you were captured a couple episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, no, no way in hell. It was like almost dark, yeah. right? Or wasn't it dark? It yeah, because like they lit up all the torches. And then they, yeah, yeah. Lit up all the torches. But yeah, Sawyer was paying attention to the weave of the bag on her head that they, that got removed immediately, um, and says it's all in the details and they're wrong. So I mean, he's trying to set up 
uh, Anna Lucius here. And mm-hmm. he suggests that uh, she did it to drum up support for her army. Which, I mean, I think that that's crazy. The idea that if you wanted to create an army, you would first have to, you know, create some sort of, I don't know, false flag situation where uh, you perpetuate an attack on yourself just to uh, to drum up some support. I don't think that something like that happens in real life. Especially um, in this time frame. Yeah, in 2006, right? the idea that the military would lie to people is crazy, and the idea that you know, that's the way to build an army. Just insane. Sawyer doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, one thing that I want to say before I dive into my flashback is just kind of going mm-hmm. off of what you were saying about wishing the episode were a little bit longer. Yeah. I would have loved to see some sort of dynamic where Anna Lucia or Jack are trying to get people on board with the army and they're just like shooting them down. I would have loved that. And I especially would have loved to see Saeed shoot them down or somebody who like actually has been in an army. (laughs) Like, yeah. Someone who they should have approached from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we haven't seen that at all. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. that's just, I guess they want to have stewing in the background. Um, sure. But yeah, the, it, it definitely could have used that something where they go to some random extra and just get told, "No, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I, I want to." In our second flashback, uh, Sawyer is writing high prices on some cheap gold necklaces, and Cassidy is nervous. Uh, she doesn't feel good about the con. Uh, Sawyer calls her dimples here. Uh, mm-hmm. classic Sawyer, he's giving her a nickname that's essentially just the first thing that he notices about her, um, yeah. which he does with everybody on it's, the island. That's cute, though. Let me ask you, would you rather be dimples or freckles? I think freckles. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. That's my vote. Yeah. Um, he's assuring her that people only pick up on little details, they're only going to see the price, and the fact that he... Looks like he's been in a bar fight, which he just put a band-aid on his nose. I don't know. Um, But um, we get a decent line from Sawyer here where he he says, you're scared, huh? Well, here's the good news. Everybody's scared. And then Mm -hmm. the thing that they're scared of the most is missing an opportunity. I thought that was a good delivery. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of stuff he gets to chew up. Yeah. Anytime there's a Sawyer episode. Yeah, and Josh Hawley does such a good job with it. He, uh-huh. yeah, he really delivered that line well. Um, they go to a really rundown looking gas station. I'm kind of surprised that they picked that, but um, they see yeah, it's basically the Twin Peaks gas station. Yeah, I know. There's some <laughs> Lynchian elements to this episode as well. Um, there's a can of cream corn up in the window. <laughs> Um, he sees two guys about to get into a Corvette, um, or mm-hmm. I'm not good with cars, some flashy top-down car, yeah. and he tries to sell the necklaces to them and implies that he stole them. They hesitate, and as he's saying, forget it, and starting to walk away, uh, Cassidy walks up and asks how much, and he sells two to her at $100 each, and then ends up selling more to the guys for their girlfriends. And they say mm-hmm. really cool things like, yeah, they love jewelry. That's my, Okay, that's what I brought up is one of them is like, oh, yeah, Diana's birthday's coming up. And um, uh, and then the other guy's like, yeah, well, they love their jewelry, yeah. which is just such a funny line to have the <laughs> under the radar. Like, women really do be loving jewelry. Yeah. Damn. I bet that <laughs> extra is like, I improv that. Like, that's the same to fame. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just oh, threw that gosh, in there. I, we got to get that guy on the pod. Come on. Um, uh, yeah. Have you ever bought anything from a gas station con man? No, I have bought stuff in Chinatown, though. Okay. So, I don't, yeah. I don't know. That was an experience. But it was cute, though. And I knew it was, like, cheap stuff. You know? Like, it's, it's sure. different. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, yeah, it's something where it's, where it's cheap. Uh, that kind of stuff where, like, they're trying to pass it off as stolen. I would love to get involved in a deal like that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, I've had it once where I went to the gas station and somebody came up and offered me a CD. 
And I had, like, just turned, like, 17 or something like that. So I, like, was just, like, driving on my own for the first time, really. And, uh, <laughs> and this guy... So my point being that I was a naive kid. And so this guy hands me a CD and he's like, hey, you want this? And I'm like, oh, okay, sure, thanks. And I just grab it. And he goes, no, 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 it's $10. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have $10 on me. And he took it and then got mad at me and walked away. Um, and I'm sure you uh, really missed out. I bet that. I, yeah. Oh, for sure. That CD. CD. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure it wasn't like the Toy Story 2 soundtrack <laughs> that he had like CDR'd onto or just a blank CDR, honestly. An AOL, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 96 hours free DVD. On the beach, uh, Kate confronts Jack about Anna Lucia having motive to, uh, uh, to set up the attack on Sun. Uh, Jack doesn't even really respond to her. He looks but, annoyed. I mean, he clearly, he clearly is. I mean, he still hasn't really told Kate about the army thing yet. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's just trying to keep that separate. Or maybe he's still mad at Kate for getting captured by the others. Um, or still mad at Kate because Sawyer said that he was in love with her when he yeah. was, I don't know, dying. Yeah, and she hasn't Kate's refuted fault. that yet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's on Kate, Kate to take care of. <laughs> Anna Lucia and Jack meet up, and she says that people are signing up. She mixes up Scott and Steve, even though she wasn't here while they were both alive. Um, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, asks her where she was in the morning, um, and she says she was all over. I mean, she really doesn't try very hard to make it seem like she didn't do it. What was Um, the guy's name that she tortured? She's pulling one of those. Yes. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Nathan, right? Yes. She's being very much a Nathan right now. Yeah. Yes. She's... Uh, she should have said that she was calling her uh, girlfriend in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, or that she has IBS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have IBS, Jack. That's where I was. I wasn't attacking Sun. Um, but I guess that's why Sawyer's Con worked so well, is because she was never going to be someone who tried all that hard to prove it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. They are interrupted by Claire, who says that Sun is awake. Uh, they and they go and talk to Sun, but Sun really didn't see anything. Um, and has kind of no information to give. Uh, but Jin, uh, asks Jack for a gun. And Sawyer and Kate are watching all of this, and Sawyer tells Kate that they're about to start forming a posse to go, uh, look for the others. And Kate puts it together that that must mean Anna Lucia is making a play, uh, for the guns at the hatch. In our third flashback, Sawyer and Cassidy are getting ready together in the bathroom. She's in the shower, and Sawyer is brushing his teeth in a towel. And mm-hmm. Cassidy is showing interest in doing bigger and better things with cons. She says that she wants to do a quote-unquote a big con. And mm-hmm. Sawyer corrects her and says it's called a long con. And he describes it as getting somebody to ask you to do something like, it's their idea, but it's really the con artist's idea. And I think it's so interesting. It's interesting that he described it like that in this moment. Um, <laughs> that those are the words that he picked. Uh, yeah. And I really wonder Seems where like... this episode is going, as somebody in the audience. <laughs> Seems like maybe she should have put something together yeah. there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this is, you know, a little bit on Cassidy's part at this point. Um, (laughs) he also says that in order to do something like that, you have to have real money, which they don't have, but oh my God, guess what? It turns out that maybe Cassidy does have a little money. Um, and she lied about what she got in the settlement. She has 600 grand and now she wants to just put all of her eggs in one basket and do this long con with Sawyer. I don't know where her head is at right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, especially because it's like, I mean, you know, I guess at this point they're in love or whatever. But, like, you did meet him as he was trying to con you out of the money that you're offering to him now. Right, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I guess that's that's where the betrayal comes in. Mm -hmm. Back at the hatch, Locke is looking through all the books on the bookshelf, kind of opening it up and... I mean, has anything been found in one of those books? Not really, right? 
I no, guess maybe got the Bible the, on the other yeah, side. Yeah, the Bible. So I wonder if that's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Um, the one that we see is Owl Creek Bridge. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. Oh, okay, that's the one. I mean, I guess spoilers for the uh, uh, the very old Owl Creek Bridge. Actually, how old is that? That's a great point. But it's a it's a story about a guy who is getting executed. He he's like saved at the, uh it, there we go an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Oh, eighteen ninety. That's what I thought. Um, I thought it was pretty old. Uh, uh, he's about to be executed, and then. At the last second, somebody, like, you know, shoots the rope or whatever, and he's able to escape, and he, like, makes his his uh, uh, his daring escape, and it's all about his survival and all that, and then at the end, you find out he's, uh, the whole thing was just a dream, and he was, uh, he's being asphyxiated by the noose, and that's what oh. his brain is coming up with in the mm. last moments. Um, and again, I think this is one of those, like, we want to have a reference to something mysterious happening, but I don't think that it really has any bearing on anything in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, but Sawyer comes in and tells him that Jack is coming, and Locke uh, asks why you know Sawyer's telling him this, and Sawyer says he's doing it because it's going to piss off Jack. He's about to leave, but then Locke asks him to help, not with the guns, but to push the button while Locke goes and takes care of the guns. And... Uh, uh, Sawyer agrees begrudgingly, even though this was, of course, what he wanted the whole time. In our next flashback, Sawyer is at a diner and he is meeting mm -hmm. up with his partner Gordy, who is played by none other than Kevin Dunn. Um, mm -hmm. Have we seen Gordy before this episode? No, and honestly, it's kind of funny that, like, I, I think that's kind of a thing that happens in Sawyer flashbacks is that he keeps having, like, because in the first one, there was the uh, the guy playing pool. He had like a really funny name. Too. It was like shark was. or something. Like, yeah, something no something really like on the nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and then in the second one, we had uh, the Robert Patrick uh, Hibbs. Mm -hmm. You know, meeting him in the hotel room. So it feels like he always just has like these like acquaintances, but we never end up seeing them again. But we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen Gordy before. Okay. That's what I thought, but I wanted to make sure. Um, mm -hmm. A little more about Kevin Dunn, the actor. He was born in Chicago, and I only mention that because he is exactly what I picture when I think of a middle-aged man uh, from Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah. He looks like he was born, and his parents were like, all right, we're naming him Kevin, but our second choice was gym teacher. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> Yeah. And he worked in a dog factory all through high school and into his 20s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I picture. Um, <laughs> but he has been in so many things. He has 133 acting credits. Um, oh, wow. And he's just one of those actors that somehow gets a part in everything. Uh, but mm -hmm. you never know their name. Um, do you recognize him from anything? He was in, um, I did, because I remembered he was in True Detective, but I couldn't remember where, and so I looked it up, and he was the captain in True Detective mm -hmm. in the in the first season. Okay, yeah, that's um, right. Okay, I recognized him from Veep. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay, very funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's, he's in everything. He must have a really good agent or something, because mm -hmm. his career has spanned a very long time. But uh, they, anyway, they meet at the diner, and in a nice, uh, lost, full circle moment, they're being served mm -hmm. by none other than Kate's mom, Diane. Mm -hmm. um, so does that mean, they must be near where Kate grew up. Yeah, like Iowa or Nebraska yeah. or wherever that's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Which is weird, because it does feel like this is supposed to be taking place in the South, or I guess... Cassidy and Sawyer both have southern accents, and that's just is kind of a coincidence. Yeah, maybe. Um, so they sit down together, and they talk about the con that they're pulling on Cassidy. Um, Sawyer's in love, and he doesn't want to do it. Uh, but Gordy is, he's very adamant that, hey, you're doing this. He's the one who found her and put the stake out on her. Um, he's been kind of like standing by for six months waiting for this to go through. Um, he tells Sawyer that, hey, you're never going to change. You'll always be a con man. 
Uh, Tiger doesn't change its stripes. Uh, and Sawyer stands up and he's firm that he doesn't want to do it. But Gordy says, no, you're going to do it. And if you don't, I'll kill you. And Cassidy. I think he, the exact words are, I'll, I'll put one in your ear. Mm-hmm. So, yep, tough spot to be in. Yeah. I do think we should mention Gordy's insane order. Um, which is a chicken salad sandwich, but for the love of God, honey, no celery. Mm-hmm. Um, does he think I he's do... in L.A.? Like, where does he think he is? Yeah. I think that maybe if you're at what is essentially like a rebranded Waffle House, maybe uh, they're not putting in the celery fresh, Gordy. I yeah. think maybe you're just going to have to <laughs> right. pick that out if you don't want it, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do, Diane gives him a, a, a classic like customer service, all right, buddy, look. And I think that that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack gets to the hatch and sees Sawyer. Um, Sawyer takes his time putting in the code and then addresses Jack. Uh, he tells him that Locke's gone. Jack gets into the gun closet and sees that all the guns are gone and uh, the, the heroin is missing as well. Then Sawyer tosses his meds to Jack. Um, so Jack obviously knows what this is about. Um, Jack begins to start go after him, but Jin holds him back. I, I don't know how you can really be mad at Sawyer here. <laughs> like, I don't, what does Sawyer do? Yeah. Uh, it's you, you know it's Locke. Sawyer didn't get the combination from Locke. Mm-hmm. That night on the beach, uh, Locke is sitting at camp, and Jack comes over to confront him about the missing guns. Um, they argue about it, and and Locke kind of makes those same arguments of, uh, you know, if we just start handing out guns, how long until there's another accident? And uh, Jack is shouting at him, and they both start shouting, uh, and then uh, a gun goes off a few times, and Sawyer walks into camp. Uh, Jack says, oh, you gave him the guns? And Locke says, no, I hid them. And uh, Sawyer calls both of them stupid, and then he says this, which I'm just going to read verbatim because I love it so damn much. Um, He gives this fantastic monologue. He says, how about you listen up, because I'm only going to say this once. You took my stuff. While I was off trying to get us help, get us rescued, you found my stash and you took it. Divvied it up. My shaving cream, my batteries, even my beer. And then something else happened. You decided these two boys here were going to tell you what to do and when to do it. Well, I'm done taking orders. I don't want my stuff back. Shaving cream don't matter. Batteries don't matter. The only thing that matters now are guns. And if you want one, you're going to have to come to me to get it. There's a new sheriff in town, boys. Y'all best get used to it. Wonderful. I love it. This is such a... I mean, this is such a good culmination mm-hmm. of just uh, just realizing that Sawyer played all of them. Like, it's... It, he really has been defanged so much that you kind of didn't really think he had it in him mm-hmm. uh, up till this point, and it's really nice to see. I did think it was interesting. I mean, there's a new sheriff in town, not exactly a uh, original phrase, but it is kind of a famous line uh, from Heather's. It, it, I, not to say that it, Heather's originated it, I'm just saying that that's a, a, a classic scene from Heather's is when Veronica Sawyer says it uh, as she is... Uh, taking the hair tie back at the end oh. of the movie. Um, so I don't know if this was a reference to that, having Sawyer say it. It's also, I mean, it's the perfect Sawyer line here. Mm-hmm. So the idea that uh, there was a reference might be a little bit far-fetched. Um, but I do think it's a kind of funny little connection. I want to believe that it is a reference from yeah. others, personally. Mm-hmm. We should have gotten Winona on, uh, on Lost. Yeah. Although, of course, at this point, she was probably... Uh, um, shamed out of Hollywood for yeah. shoplifting. That's so funny to think. It's so funny when you think about like the things that people did to get like uh, blacklisted or whatever, and then just look at what people are doing now. Mm-hmm. Where and it's like, yeah, Winona Ryder shoplifted during yeah. that same time. Like that was oh, Harvey that, Weinstein, yeah, that like prime time. Like oh, yeah. all of that nasty Me Too stuff. I think a lot of it came from this era. Oh, Hollywood, for sure. And it's just disgusting. I can't believe. But I'm glad that she's making a comeback. I'm, I'm really glad mm-hmm. that she's doing more with her career now. I mean, she's really good in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. She does a great job in that. Yeah, she's excellent. Um, I do want to just kind of like go back to the exchange with Locke and Jack. Um, mm-hmm. Where 
I like that we kind of get this like vulnerable moment from Locke too, where he is expressing his regret about Michael. And yeah, it's that's like, true. you know, I taught him how to shoot and now where is he? Um, but I like that we get to see that because I don't think people are really talking about Michael and Walt anymore. No, it, it, it it's one of those things where it's like, I get that you can't spend tons of time in every scene talking about them. But it is weird that two of the main cast members from season one are gone, with plenty of reason for people to go look them out, and they really just don't even mention them. Right. Yeah. Uh, in our fifth flashback, uh, Sawyer runs into the house that he and Cassidy are living in, um, and Cassidy is staring at the briefcase of money. Um Sawyer points out a black car on the road. He is very frantic, and he says that it's Gordy. And Cassidy isn't sure what to make of any of this. She's really not, like, catching on to what's unfolding. She didn't know that he had a partner, and she thinks that he know that Gordy knows about the long con they're about to do together. And just the trust that she has in Sawyer, like she's so blindsided by this. And Mm -hmm. Sawyer tells her that he knew about the 600 grand all along. He did his homework uh, after all, and that they marked her from the beginning. um, And that if he does walk out with the money and go to the black car, then they'll both be dead. Uh, And Cassidy realizes that she was the long con. She's rightfully upset. And Sawyer tells her that he's not going to take the money. And he packs the money into a bag and gives her instructions on where to go. She's supposed to go to Sioux City and is meant to wait at the Sage Flower Motel. And they tell each other, oh, yeah. uh, I love you. And they go their separate ways. Is there anything? I guess they are in Iowa there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything significant about the Sage Flower Motel? That's such an interesting name. What was the na- What was the motel that... Kate went to when she was uh, mm. um, when she was dying her I mean uh, realistically when she was taking off her blonde wig I can't remember that one but maybe that's that same one or maybe not maybe it's just a funny little detail yeah maybe back on the beach Sawyer's cleaning a gun while Kate comes up and asks how he did it in terms of getting the guns even though he was at the hatch the whole time uh, he doesn't tell her but uh, she realizes that she was conned and she asks if he had anything to do with son, and he, you know, kind of darkly says, what kind of person do you think I am? Um, however, he is somebody who would have something to do with that, because mm-hmm. it was his plan from the beginning. Um, she says that she thinks that he didn't do it because of his stash, or because of power, or anything like that. Uh, she thinks that he did it just because he wants people to hate him. Um, something that I think is probably right. It seems like it's come up a few times now that that's what he wants. And he even uh, starts out that episode, like, telling Charlie, like, oh, you're more hated than me. And you'd yeah. think that'd be <laughs> yeah, something so, to celebrate, but he's like, nope, yeah. I want that spot back, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he says, uh, uh, you run, I con. A tiger don't change his stripes, which is, of course, which is a pretty good Sawyer line. It feels like... Uh, um, it's funny that it got, like, a weird little origin in this one, just because it's like he has, like, a half dozen of those kind of lines anytime he's in an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think it's funny to imagine that every one of his flashback episodes will involve a, uh, you know, the, the origin for some, some uh, clever little line. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hurley is out on the beach uh, reading a script called Bad Twin by Gary Troop. It's not real, uh, and uh, Gary Troop is not a real person, so uh, uh, there's not really much to this at the moment, but I, I think that we end up coming back later in some capacity. So, Saeed shows him an antenna that he's built for the radio, so he did end up cobbling something together out of bamboo. Uh, they search for some for something over the radio. At first they pick up like the French transmission and a lot of static, and then eventually, uh, they managed to get a radio station playing Glenn Miller, uh, Moonlight Serenade, um, which is kind of a fun little reference, a fun, I guess, reference. Uh, Glenn Miller, uh, went missing in a plane crash. What? Um, yeah, which I did not know at all. But yeah, he, uh, 
he died in a in a plane crash, and I don't think they ever found like where it was. Wow, I didn't know that. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I uh, I like. I mean, what they did that in um uh like even early right where they uh what every one of Kate's episodes has like a Patsy Cline mm-hmm. song, so they do like doing that. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, 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 they listen to it. I mean, it's nice. It's a good song. Uh, you got like the the crackling fire and the starlight up ahead, and um, the waves says crashing that the, in. This is like yeah, my vacation. This is a vacation for me. <laughs> I want to go to the island. That yeah. is like a magical moment. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um. Uh, Saeed says that the signal could it could be just bouncing off the ionosphere, and uh, which means it could be coming from like thousands of miles away, and so it doesn't mean that there's anything close. Uh, it could just be coming from anywhere, and then Hurley says, or any time. Uh, but then he says, just kidding. And yeah, they listen to the song Underneath the Stars. It's a pretty nice little moment. I like this part. I love Glenn Miller. I like that big band mm-hmm. era of music. Yeah. Um... I like how this this plot is just these two scenes. Like, all it is is the first one with Hurley in sight, and then this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still, it's still good. It's still a fun little C-plot. Yeah, I guess that is... And we've kind of talked about this before, but that's really my only, like, major gripe with Lost. And I understand that it's network television. It is a product of that era of TV, but... I would love to see more little interactions like this. I think that's the appeal mm-hmm. of having all of these personalities on the island. Um, yeah. So I really like it. Yeah, absolutely. Out in um, the dark corner of the jungle, <laughs> Sawyer meets with Charlie. Uh, Charlie is has just gone full villain at this point. He's mm-hmm. got his hood up. He's got his emo hair over one eye. Um he has somehow acquired a studded collar that he's wearing. I mean, it's very, uh, it's just, he discovered a hot topic on the mm-hmm. island somewhere. Um, uh, we discovered that Charlie was the one who tailed Locke. Uh, Sawyer offers back the heroin statues to Charlie, but he doesn't want them because he, he could have taken them from the beginning. He just wanted to humiliate Locke. Ugh. Yeah, not, not great. I mean, he clearly, I mean, I guess it makes sense after Locke beat the shit out of him in the ocean, but, um, yeah, not good. <laughs> it makes me uh, wonder, though, if we're incorrect about him using the last episode. Because wouldn't he? I mean, yeah, that's it? true. I don't yeah. know. But it's not like Lost is known for these consistencies. Right. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have the best, like, continuity and that kind of stuff right. from episode to episode. But, I mean, you're right in that. For sure, it's been one day, mm-hmm. so he he would be jonesing right now. Our last flashback after we see this evil turn from Sawyer, uh-huh. um, we get another angle of Sawyer leaving Cassidy's house and them saying goodbye. Uh, he walks to the black car um, and gets into the passenger seat, and then the camera pans over, and oh my gosh, there's nobody in the driver's seat. So. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, Sawyer is is doing the long con on Cassidy and sticking through to it, as Gordy asked. Um, he counts to five Mississippi, which is so eerie. <laughs> I, I thought that was re- really well done, too. Um, and then he goes back inside where he stashed the real bag of cash. Uh, and as he's walking out, he sees a picture of the two of them together, and he lays it face down. Yep. So he'll choose um, money over love. I mean, I don't even... I feel like the safety element of it is a component, but we know that he's capable of killing somebody for revenge. Like, Yeah. I don't know. And he doesn't seem to care if people threaten to kill him. Like, the same yeah. guy... Whoever the the pool plane guy was, Sharky, um, at the beginning, he threatened to kill Sawyer, and then Sawyer ended up backing out of the deal that he was in because he got scared off seeing the kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, when it comes down to it, he will give it up, but he just didn't in this case. Yeah. 
Um, but then we close out the episode back on the island with Sawyer telling Charlie that uh, the reason he can think of an idea like this is because he's not a good person and he's never done a good thing in his life. And uh, that is the end of the episode. Yeah, like I said, I love this episode. I thought it, I think it's great. I, I have no issues with this whatsoever. Yeah, that's good. Um, this one came in on num- at number 48 on IMDb. Okay, um, I would have thought it'd be a little higher. But I guess yeah, there's I not like too. mystery going on. Maybe that's why. No, it's yeah, that's a good point. It is purely uh it, it's purely just on-island conflict. There's no Sawyer isn't seeing, like, the ghost of his uh, stepfather mm-hmm. uh, telling him to do anything, so. But yeah, next week um, will be one of them, a Saeed episode. Yes. Yeah, I. it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't... Saeed's been, like, out of it for a while. Like, he's just been not... I mean, basically since Shannon died, right? Like, he's just kind of been moping around in the background. Yeah. So it does, it, it's, I'm glad that they're finally getting back to him. Um, was uh, I his name is escaping me? But was the actor doing anything else at this time? Maybe and just no. I think they just kind of yeah. Um, I think they just didn't they didn't want to use him as much. Mm. I think that maybe they are they might have been spending the, this time figuring out what his character was right because they because uh, his character was kind of going down the road of just being. Uh, the love interest for Shannon. Yeah. Uh, and she was much more of just the love interest for him. He had a lot more stuff going on. But even still, like, uh, we've kind of talked about it before. Well, we'll talk about it next week, I'm sure. But there's, they they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with Saeed, so I think they were maybe taking some time to figure out what they wanted to do with him. But yeah, uh, we'll find sense. out what that is next week. Okay. Um... If you enjoyed this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Give us a, a review. Write us a review. How many stars would you say they should give us? Emma? Like if you had to put a number on it, and you yeah. don't, you know, you can't quantify that kind of thing. But if you had to put a number on if it, I, had, I, don't, I don't know, five. Yeah, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say five mm-hmm. stars. Oh wow, five stars. Yeah. yeah, I guess thinking about it, maybe I would say that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can uh, you can send us an email, all the best podcasts at gmail.com. Tweet at us at all the best pods on Twitter. Um, tell us about any long cons that you've pulled. Yeah, this tell us about the last this time you got conned out of money. Yeah. Or conned somebody out of money. Either one. We'd take either. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, until next week, get lost. Get lost.